Tyburn Lee. Yeah. In the house. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. We yeah. spoke about this, and yeah. that was happening. Yeah. So that's hey, that's good, man. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, judo black belt, judo black belt, wrestler, wrestler. Um, I don't like tooting my own horn, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you a lot of stuff on the curriculum, you know. You, you know what? Put it like this: it's life experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a blessing. LAPD. Yeah. So, I, you know, to share it with others, you know, yeah, it's like you said, sure. Having knowledge has to be shared. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are my hobbies: Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the judo, the wrestling. So fun stuff, you know what I'm saying? Great stress reliever. And I think more people should do it, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the times that we live in now. For sure. You know, um, it's interesting, right? Super interesting time. People uh, see have some all these problems. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine mm. prior to coming over here. Mm. And we're talking about when we lived in the wilderness, we didn't have time for depression and all this stuff. Because how can you be depressed when you um, have to search for your meal? Yeah. You, you don't have time to sit around because... You're going to probably be some other animal's next meal or something like that. And so now we have so much idle time. And if we're not using that correctly, a lot of things can happen to us. We fall victim to everything that's out there mm-hmm. because um, we're in a world, of, a world of such selection. We have so much selection. Things, things so are too easy, options. right? Yeah, it's very easy. And uh, the funny thing, you're a parent like I am. As a parent, we all think, oh, man, I'm going to make it easier for them. Then we start to see, oh, man, okay, wait. It's not always the best way. It's not always the best way. You know, we have to teach them how to earn things. We got to teach them how to value things, right? You know, it's just like us doing jujitsu. <laughs> so, you know, there's a progression. You know what I'm saying? You got to earn it. Yeah. You know, it's life. That's why, that's, why, that's why martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, yeah. those things, like we yeah. need it more and more in society, yes. for yes. sure. So uh, to answer your question about how I got my start, so I started in the 90s um, in wrestling. Mm. Um, you grew up in Los Angeles? Grew up in Los Angeles area here. You know what I'm saying? I'm from New Orleans also. Okay. So um, as a child, lived all the way from the South End to here up in the Valley area and stuff. And, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it's an mm. interesting time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's in a LA. Lot, oh, serious. It's a lot of things that some kids, they still see but don't have to see. Mm-hmm. And I want to say the biggest difference is um, as far as – people being hardened, the challenges you go through from, like, you had to fight growing up. You know, that was just, like, boom. Boys had to really be boys in a sense because you were going to get challenged by other boys. It was just none of this safe space stuff that we have today where, you know, you're going to get tested. Yeah. And the only way to mask that, like, if somebody challenged you, stand your ground. Yeah. If you don't stand your ground, well, now you're going to be targeted and all that what comes with it, which is not enjoyable, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, you – I want to say the word bullying, but then bullying has a different meaning from what I <laughs> experienced yeah. as far as bullying, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, but all that comes with it. Yeah. So you had to be, you had to be ready. Got to face your fears, right? Face your fears. And same thing in adulthood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way, but we still have to be at a state of ready because, you mm-hmm. know, having families, we don't know what can happen. Let's say you lose your job tomorrow. You mm-hmm. lose your business tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You still, life is going to go on. Yep. So you have to be, you know, ready. In a sense, we're like, yeah, okay, I can make it for six months. Maybe I can make it for a year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I got to figure something out if I got to retrain into a new career path or something like that. It's kind of just you're learning that from young until you're an adult. That's just the way life is, you know what I'm saying? So um, wrestling kind of fell upon me. I was in the after school. Well, you started wrestling in I started wrestling in New Orleans, Orleans or here? No, here. Here. here in LA. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, 
it was through, which we'll get into as my career, it was through um, a youth program from the police department. Hmm. So my sister and um, our friend that we walked home with, they were in like an after-school dance program. After-school dance program? Yes. But it, I didn't know who was running it. At the time, later I found out it was the police department. So I used to come to the schools hmm. and they did after-school youth programs. You know, like mm. nowadays there's this program called Beyond the Bell for LA Unified. Beyond? Beyond the Bell. The Bell. The Bell. The Bell. Yeah, like Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Beyond the Bell. So they come up with all kind of activities and stuff for kids and stuff That's like awesome. that. Um, I want to say we had that, but it wasn't called that. And so other organizations might come in. So anyway, my sister and her friend, they were doing this dance. And because we had to walk home together, I couldn't leave without them. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. So... I just walked into the wrestling room and here it is 30 years later. I've been wrestling ever since, to be honest. So I can't tell you what I was doing that day. Literally. I just remember walking in there. What school, what school is it? Northridge middle school. It was junior high at the time. Now Mm -hmm. they're called middle schools, but walked in there and, um, was a guy, officer Crump, Mm -hmm. turned my life around as far as like introduced me to wrestling. This guy was a Michigan state wrestler. All right awesome wrestler you know i was um i was 11 i want to say 10 or 11 at the time right and it was just like whoa what is this you know so we're practicing i suck at first Mm. like everyone does you know you think you're tough so i'm going and the good thing toughness is needed in wrestling which Mm. you know from being an mma fighter like that's the one thing wrestling does better than any other combat Mm. sport it builds toughness if you can wrestle you can pretty much do anything Mm. so whether you're technical in the beginning or not, it's going to build toughness, you know, and that, that just helps you out in anything. You just got to keep showing up. Right? Yeah. You just show up, you know, then eventually you get it, you know, your first move is a single or a double, you know, so you pick it up, you know, wrestling. I always say it takes a person like three months to learn wrestling. You know, you got to learn how to do a takedown. You got to learn how to defend a takedown. You got to learn how to sprawl, sprawl. Yeah. Pin them. You got to learn how to get out of a pin. Then in um, collegiate folk style, you got the top and bottom position, so you got to learn to escape, a reversal, yada, yada, right? Pretty simple. You just learn one of each of those, <laughs> get pretty decent, and then you get better, right? So we Build went to, uh, yeah, my first tournament was the Halloween Open. We go there. and you I remember that, huh? Halloween, yeah, oh, how old are you? I was, I want to say I was 11 years old. This you is, remember um, that, yeah. Yeah, I remember this tournament <laughs> because there was a kid from Guadalupe, bald head Hispanic guy, right? And this is always because who who's heard of Guadalupe, California? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Right? What, a fu- what the hell? <laughs> I don't know if I can go. But what yeah, the hell fuck. is Guadalupe, California, right? But I never forget that. And I know where Guadalupe is now. Mm. It's a little small town going up to one-on-one. Um, I want to say right out of, um, oh, my God. It's close to Buellton and all that. But you go up to one-on-one, you'll see okay. there's an exit you get off of Guadalupe. And, like, later on driving, and I'm like, wait, Guadalupe? Never forgot that name. Anyway, so we go. Here it is. We've been training, right? I go, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Guy shoots in, hits a double, picks me up, takes me down. And then the ref just, you hit a hand slap on the mat, and that was it. I'm like, wait, I like training. That's it? I was hooked, though. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, especially now. He pinned you? He pinned me. He pinned you. That was it. Got a double leg tank down, slammed me down, and it's freestyle. So pretty much with okay. that rule set, that was he got it. Yeah. You know how'd mean? you feel? How'd you feel after that? Oh, I was like, what the heck? Bro, the emotions. Happened? Yeah, you're, it was just like a shock first, right? You're oh saying? man, super shock. Because that's when I learned the effectiveness of takedowns. Okay, and this is why I'm 
you know, I'm very pro takedowns and mm. I hate people evading takedowns because right. you take away something right. that's needed in life. Right. It's like that larva, um, that caterpillar trying to right. turn to a butterfly. If you help slit that cocoon, right. you're going to kill it. Right. Okay. And I feel the same way about people avoiding takedowns because in a real street defense, you can't not, just not fall playing down. a takedown game it, as part of not, as, not having a part of your game. Exactly. One. Exactly. It's so important. And that taught me a lot because right then and there is where I know most people quit. Mm. I was humiliated mm. in a sense, although I shouldn't have been, but you know, it's normal. You're noodles, right? it's normal. Yeah. You, I'm a kid, dude. Yeah. You know, I'm prepubescent kid for the most part. I was like, dang, did everybody see that? I'm up in the air, legs over the head. I mean, just textbook highlight reel. Bah! Right. Teammates, oh, coaches. Man. Yeah. And I'm just like, dang, cause you know, you train for something, yeah. you expect to win. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what I learned from that, man, and the most important thing. It's true, winning isn't everything. And losses are great because they're lessons, mm -hmm. especially when you're young. The worst thing, and you've probably seen it, you've been coaching a long time, you get that kid, he's just naturally talented, right? He goes in there, and he's winning. Let's say he wins for like a year. He's just mm -hmm. naturally talented, stronger, faster, yada, yada, right? But when he gets that first loss, he quits because he went so long winning. He never dealt with the reality of a loss. And in life, we're going to lose, man. It's part of the game. Yeah, we're going to fail. Failure makes you who you are. makes you stronger, right? You know, when you're young, you don't want to hear that. It's like, oh, no, that's crap. They don't know what they're talking about, whatnot. But it's the truth. Until you fail, you can never be as great as you want to be. You know? Never because it's so necessary. You have to fail at things so you can sure. learn. You know what I'm saying? Even to this day. If I, if I told you my history about when I first started competing and stuff, I lost for like the first like three years. Part of the game, right? Well, first or second match. But, I, you know, back then it was hard to compete. You had yeah. to travel around. Yes. It was expensive. I was yeah. young. I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So it was really hard. I had to come back home and be like, how would it go? I lost. Yeah. And deal with that. You know, yeah. kind of. And it was like everything to me. So it, and it meant a lot to me. And I, But... On the flip side, mm -hmm. because I had to pick myself up, any success, everything I've done in my life, after three years, and when I finally won one, man, one match, I was a world-class blue belt, and I took that all the way to black belt, you know? But I could have quit any of those times, but I didn't. Yeah. I kept at it. And because of that time, you know, any, any success I've had in my life, mm -hmm. it's because of those three years of, of losing. Okay. So, so like, oh, you've won this thing, you've done that. But I really, if I really look at my accolades or what I, things that have done, that have meant the most to me, mm -hmm. are those losses. You remember them, right? Well, just the fact that I had to pick myself up. You feel like you, you basically like you die because it meant so much to you, it meant everything to you. You put your heart and soul into it, uh, and then it doesn't work out. I always say you remember the the greater losses more than the greatest victory sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You always you always remember the guys you lose to. Yeah. You don't remember the guys you you beat. Yeah. It's, so, it's true, for right? For sure, for sure. Man, so... And the beautiful yeah. thing with jiu-jitsu and mm -hmm. wrestling and judo even, you know, is uh, you, know, you can tap out, right? Yes, yes. You can live to, to, for, to another day, right? And that's so important you say that, man, because um, I teach kids, as mm -hmm. you know already. And, like, one thing I've been explaining lately to the um, parents is that losses right now are okay because you can tap out. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, one of the things we're working on, we'll talk in the conversation mm -hmm. is... um. In 2028, the Olympics are coming here to Los Angeles. Mm. So um, I'm working with USA Judo. We want to have some homegrown talent. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not just my goal to have it in judo, but wrestling programs, even taekwondo programs, and possibly karate programs, just anything martial art related. Mm -hmm. Because that's the grassroots for kids that might want to go to MMA anyway. You you need a good, solid foundation. And those Olympic sports are great, in my opinion. You know, not everybody agrees, but I... It's great. Anything well, for sure. that sets up, it's the same as Little you, League Baseball. You talk, you talk to me. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, They're the best ones. Yeah, I mean, man, it's the best. The Olympics were founded on those things. Exactly. That's what I feel. Because and every every culture can understand them. Yes. And no matter what, what yes, culture you're at. Yes. And it helps you look at you, mm-hmm. those individual sports, those combat sports. Mm-hmm. It really makes you look at yourself. So I tell the parents lately, like, look, I have a philosophy. A kid can, let's say he starts off with me at 10 or 11. He can lose all the way up to 15. And the reason I say that is because it doesn't really matter until he's mm. about 15. That's when he's going to start, like, trying to make the junior world team, mm. all that stuff where it's more serious. But if I got him from 10 to 15, that's, that's five years, right? That's good. I'd like that. Five, it's like you're three years of loss. You, you need, it's better you did that early on mm-hmm. than later on is what I say, mm-hmm. right? But also, one thing my coach, Coach Lake, God rest his soul, best coach ever. My, uh, he was my second wrestling coach. My high school, high school coach. coach. Yeah, Where, where'd you wrestle? Granada in high school? High. Granada, Granada Hills, high, Hills high. high. Yeah, went there. He came out to our middle school. We had a wrestling program, and so I was like, "Oh, they got a wrestling team there," you know, because like everybody else, I want to play football, which I eventually did, and all mm-hmm. that. But we I never would have thought of wrestling. Yeah, did both football, wrestling, weightlifting, the track. Those are all the sports that I did in high school, and you know, but wrestling was like, I thank God that it came to my life because that's the thing I stuck with. I. A lot of people don't agree with this, but jujitsu, judo, wrestling, it's all the same to me. Mm-hmm. All right? You take away the pajamas we wear in judo and jujitsu, wrestling's the birth of that. Mm-hmm. So they're all related, just For different sure. rule sets. You know For what I'm sure. saying? You know this is an MMA fighter. You For sure. can't. For sure. You got to train a little bit all of it. Yeah. Okay? Sure. So, but he's the one that taught me, and I use this model. For kids, you got to make it fun. Okay? And I work with a lot of kids, and I always remember that. He said it has to be fun for kids. So part of my program, and your high school co- wrestling coach, my high said school that. wrestling coach, and he was the toughest wow. MFer ever. Wow. Old redneck guy, great coach. Tell you a little bit about this guy. He was a, a semi-pro football player and a high school football coach and a high school PE teacher. He got upset with football because he got tired of parents coming and say, "Why won't you play my kid?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, team sports, you get this yeah. problem. Everyone thinks their kid's the next, you know, Emmett Smith or something like that, right? And they think their kid, and you're the reason as a coach, my kid is not living up to his full potential that mm. I think he should mm. have as a parent. You know, a bunch of garbage, right? Blame, blaming, yeah. Yeah. So everything's a blame where this kid don't have to look at himself. So he got fed up with that. So he discovered wrestling, right? And he learned wrestling from going to clinics. Back in the days, before internet and all that, yeah. he went to the Von Hitchcock wrestling camps. That's like the big thing. Mm. Some of you listeners hearing that and they old school wrestlers don't know exactly mm. what I'm talking about. That was like the premiere. It was basically the equivalent of like going to a Gracie seminar back mm. in the early 90s. That was the only way, you know, you're going to get the stuff. High level wrestling. Yeah. And so you would go to camps, you know, you just go to these camps. They had them all around the country, you know, especially here so in the California. J. Jay Robinson. Say that again. The Jay Robinson from, uh, Ah, uh, it's okay. Oh, uh, wrestling camps. Yeah, Von Hitchcock was like the mm-hmm. creme de la creme. They had okay. them all over. You know, they were here in California. Here in California, that was just like the big thing. So anyway, he learned how to coach, and this taught me a lot about coaching too. How if you coaching, although he never wrestled, he was the best coach because he knew how to coach. And I say this to this to till day, and I'm gonna say this part of my Parks and Rec mm-hmm. thing that I'm working on too. Mm-hmm. Because of him, I learned that 
you don't have to be a world-class athlete to be a coach. Two separate things. And I think people make a mistake thinking, well, if you're the best, you're going to help my kid be the best. That's not true. Mm. Most high-level athletes, they know what it takes for them, but they all need a coach. They all have a coach. Mm -hmm. That coach has to help bring the best out in them and then the rest of the team if it's a team sport. He's not an individualist. An athlete can be an individualist. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, a high-level athlete needs to be the most stingy MFer out there. Yeah, if he wants to be the, the best. That's the truth, yeah. He has to be. And there's nothing wrong with that, him being that. I want people to understand that. That's what it takes for that athlete to be the great person they're going to be in that sport. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't relate. I mean, some of the best Doesn't guys, always translate, or most of the time doesn't translate to being a good coach. Exactly. And a lot of it, it don't even translate to them to being the best teammate. That's what the coach is there yep. for. Yep. To make sure Put this guy check, plays yeah. well. Yes. And he can play well with others. Because of who he is and what he needs to be at that time. He has to be that way. You look at Mike Tyson, look at, you know, God rest Kobe's soul. Yeah. All right. Yep. The things they did, that coach kept them in line because they had the work ethic that it needed, they needed to have in order to do what they did. Yeah. And sure. so a lot of parents mistake that think, well, if I have this guy who's high level, he might know how to teach. Right. Yes, he can do, but just because you can do it don't mean you could teach. And that's just reality. So true. Yeah, you know? that's so true. And there's that's nothing it. wrong with that. Each is... So anyway, this it's guy was a different was a great, thing, though. It's yes. a different thing. Yes. Different animal. Exactly. So he was a great coach. Okay, and I say that because what was his name again? Bill Lake. Bill Lake. Bill Lake. Bill Lake. All right. He used to coach football. They won championships when he helped coach. Matter of fact, they had a big comeback where they ended up winning the city champs. This was in like two thousand something. And the field used to be called. Bruce Meyer Stadium. Then it got renamed to John Elway because John Elway went to Granada Hills High. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm saying this, and you got younger viewers, they're like, what the hell are these two guys talking about, you know? Yeah, right. John Emmett Elway. Smith, like, yeah, uh, John like, Elway. I, I, I better start using some more up-to-date people. I said Kobe, right? But anyway, so the guy could coach. And so he went from football to wrestling because one thing he liked was if a parent came complaining, mm. he used to say, we have challenges every Monday. If your kid wants the varsity spot, all they got to do is challenge the guy who has it. Simple. Ask your kid why he's not challenging that guy. Mm. And I'm like, dude, genius. Check, check. Genius. Yeah. Because that solved this issue. He had got fed up, you know, and this was before everyone gets ribbons and all this stuff, but it didn't just start that way, right? We yeah. started heading that direction, yeah. you know. So parents would always be getting a trophy. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, you know. Eventually, I won. I won't get you going on that. Oh, man, dude. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. But anyway, you know, I get you want recognition, but you know, pre-conversations yeah. having my friend. Part of that is, look, survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. It's human nature. You got to do what you need to do to get where you want to be. You can't take the work away. Nowadays, people say, well, hey, I want to be a detective, but they don't want to be a cop. But go hand in hand. Or it's like this. I want to be a boxer, but I don't want to do training. But I want to fight the world champ. Mm. Can you imagine I let you do that and I put you in the ring with Mike Tyson? You'd be in a coma. Because you wanted to skip all the work that it took to get your challenge for the top spot. Because you felt, well, I think I'm good enough. I feel I'm good enough. Mm. Yeah. It's like the old Will Smith. There's, no, there's no shortcuts on no. jiu-jitsu and no. combat martial arts like wrestling. and There's no shortcuts. None. There's no hiding. Gotta there's go through no, that grinder. There's no bullshit. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. And that's why I love it. Yeah. That's why I love it. Because you can talk the proof all this. The proof is in the pudding. Yes. Not, the mat doesn't lie. Yes. And your work shows. So, you know, a lot of people, 
They want to be recognized for who they are. Well, that's what the grappling does. Mm. You can talk to good game, or I always say, look, man, I'm not the greatest in the world. I've competed internationally and stuff, but one thing when I roll with people, you can tell from if I know it by rolling, mm -hmm. and I love that because you could be no, a no-namer, but you're like, man, this guy, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know, and some, people's personalities, that can be like a big talker, Yeah, but then when it comes down to the mat, yeah. right, maybe the, the, the quiet guys are the ones that yeah. you see the, what's really inside of them, what they're really made of. Those are the ones that get you, too. Those are the scariest ones. This guy don't say a word. He comes in there. You're like, what the heck, man? Like, yeah. I haven't yeah. been pretzel like this yeah. since 97, and he, <laughs> he's whooping me up, right? So, yeah, so my coach, I learned a lot from him, and I'm going to reference a lot of other coaches that are non-jujitsu ready because, like I said, yeah, it's all what builds you up. Same thing yeah. with being an MMA fighter. Yeah, you probably yeah. had a kick, a striking coach mm -hmm. that taught you some stuff that none of your grappling coaches taught for you. For sure, for sure. And you use those lessons to this day. For sure. And I think that's important for people to understand that. Like, I call it just the art of human movement. It's all, you know, it's human movement. It doesn't matter this guy knows this or that. He knows how to move the body in a way maybe I don't. For sure. And so you're going to learn something from all those guys, yeah. you know? So. And there's a lot of, uh, there's that ego, the ego uh, um, factor, right? Yeah. With, like, martial arts yeah. and different teachers and control yeah. and nonsense things right oh yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of kung foolery still i call it kung foolery all right it's a bunch of this kung foolery but you know at the at the end of the day right we're trying to help the students or athletes right be yes. their best and that's exactly what it is i think as a teacher as a coach that's 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 number one and that should be your everything what you and i teach is simply a tool that's it it's not even really martial arts i i i've come to the part where i almost hate that word sometimes because I'm giving you a life tool, all right? You just happen to kick a little ass along the way. Mm. But that's not the important part. The important part is what you learn. Like, last night I'm teaching a class, and I got this one female student, and it's all in the head. It's not that she can't perform. Mm. Her battle is in her head. Her battle is with self, which is how it is for most of us. We're battling self most right. of our life. For sure, for sure. Right? But as a young 16-year-old, do you really understand that? You don't, but I'm like, hey, keep doing this. Like, I was just talking to one of um, my students earlier this morning, actually right before you called. He's one of my black belts. Mm. And I was, <laughs> funny thing, I've done privates with people, and he's the only one that, like, stayed. Because, like, I don't charge. Because if you want to learn from me, you're going to learn my way. And so some people say, oh, man, you're mean and all this. And I was telling him, I said, you know what? When I teach a private, because I'm not teaching for money, because you've I'm always been a like a police officer, right? Yeah, in that, in yeah, that. yeah, I've been in the service and stuff, and so. Yeah, but it's just when I teach a lot of times, I've I've rarely taught that's, for that's, money. That's what that's what I mean. That's that's yeah. the real stuff right there, yeah. right? I, I, I'm doing it to give back mm -hmm. to make somebody better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I've never really done privates for money for the most part. It's normally with my friends. They say want to train, so I'm like, all right, man, we'll come. I'm I'm gonna I'm take you to the school the way I learned. So someone say, oh, you're mean. I'm like mean. I'm like, look, man, this is what you forgetting i'm at a higher level than you but when you go train with other people you'll be that much better because you know you're going to train with a blue belt you're going to train with a purple belt and you'll be like oh well i'm training with a black belt all the time you're getting the best but most people i learned they don't see it that way and i've recently come to learn this about people and you probably see it most people when they come to class they will stay in class forever not trying to improve i was mm -hmm. never that way is what i learned about myself when I'm doing something, if I'm going to learn it, 
I kind of like, I pay some attention to detail so I can learn it a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I figure if I'm doing it, the more reps I have doing it correctly, the faster I'm going to get this. Right. If I waste time doing it incorrectly, you have to learn. You have it to takes you spend time to relearn, right? To exactly. in, uh, re, uh, unlearn yes. what you learned the wrong way. And that's the which thing. takes longer than actually learning. Yes, because everything's about habits, right? We got good or bad. Even when you think you're doing something good, sometimes you be like, "Man, I got bad habits." It's like, okay, let's say a, a striker. He's got great striking habits. Coming to grappling, yeah. <laughs> he wants his body wants to move the way it's used, to. and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the correct way for what that person's doing. But he has to unlearn some things, you know, to fix it, to be able to do this yeah. now. Or not even to say to do this, but to add it too. Because, like, every striker needs to know a little bit of grappling so he can strike better is what yeah, I say, yeah. right? Vice versa. You know, your, your, your history is interesting. Like, your jiu-jitsu, you know, when we talked, I thought that was really – I was like, what's your background? You, you wrestled, you're judo black belt, and jiu-jitsu, like, how, how did that all come about? You know, because for me, I'm pretty much, like, straight jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, when I was, like, 18, I got into jiu-jitsu. I moved down to Brazil. Yeah. Eventually trying to be the best and all that. And I really, like, you know, the Brazilian culture is so, like, ingrained in me. And just the, even the, the, the jiu-jitsu culture is so ingrained in me. That's, like, who I am. Yeah. You know, but you, you have, you know, you did wrestling, growing up wrestling. Yeah. And then how did, how did judo start? So, well, let me, I got to do jiu-jitsu okay. first. Oh, jiu-jitsu was before See, that everyone always judo. thinks because. Okay. I'm always known as this judo guy, but I just got a love for takedowns because I started in wrestling first. Ah, okay. But I did jujitsu before I did judo. All right. So I started jujitsu 97. 97. Right? 97. Hmm. All right. So I walked to this place. It was called United Self Defense Academy. A friend of mine, Steve Kirkman, he owned it. Having to be down the street from my house. Hmm. And they had a Brazilian jujitsu. I'm like, I hadn't known about it because I know yeah. about UFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vice Gracie. Toby Amato. Me and him went to high school together. Okay, okay. All right, we were on the wrestling team together. All right, I don't know where he's at now. You hear this, Toby, man. Holler at me, all right? <laughs> but anyway, man. He had that crazy uh, reverse triangle from uh, and Bellator. Was it yeah. Bellator? I think it was Bellator. Yeah, and he choked the guy out unconscious. Yeah. That guy picked him up. He triangled his legs around his neck and his arm reverse and put him out to sleep. Submission of the year that year. Submission of the year, yeah. It was like 2007 or something, right? Yeah. It was a while ago, but it, yeah. But he was an awesome wrestler, and yeah, he was yeah. a judo guy first. I so he would that. do all this unorthodox stuff on the wrestling team. One city champ. He was great. Yeah. Good. So he's the one that first taught me about, like, UFC and all that. And Hoist Gracie's name first came from his lips. I never heard the guy. Because keep in mind, we didn't have internet. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, in 1993, it was like you had a videotape. So you VHS had, tapes, right, yeah. at that time. Yeah, so you, know, you, you had to stay up late at night to see that pay-per-view uh, commercial for it. It wasn't just, like, how it is now, you know. So anyway, can't even remember those times in a way, you know, right? right? It's like we have our phones now. <laughs> yeah. We got everything so easy to exactly. access. We had to like actually like I remember like trying to get jujitsu footage. Yeah, I'd have to track somebody down. I have to get a VHS tape. Yes, and then I would replay it over and over yes. and over to to study footage. Exactly, and that's what people don't understand. They're in a the golden time now, because we all because you know, you can cross train a whole lot more than you could back then. Yeah, that was like taboo. Instructors, we had a guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Fabiano Eyal was my first teacher. Okay, okay. Okay? He was teaching at this place. He had a school in Huntington Beach and there. So I got into it, and um, being the guy I am, within like three, four months of training, I did my first MMA fight. You know? Okay. But the jiu-jitsu we were training then 
was all fight based. We were basically Fabiano's training partners in mm-hmm. a sense. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how everybody was because in those good old days. Because he was he was in the UFC, right? He was. At that this time. Is, yeah, this is before he was in the UFC. That, what was his name? Armbar Hunter. The armbar Hunter. Yeah, Armbar Hunter. He was great at armbars, but Fabiano, no offense, he didn't have his striking down. <laughs> you know, but this is still grassroots yeah, in yeah, a sense, yeah, right? Sure, no one sure. really that transition to the right. MMA fighter we see today. Sure. It didn't exist. For sure. It was just guys using what they had. His was he could armbar anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like me, when I came in, my neck was available for everybody. Yeah. You know, because wrestling, you just have that bad habit. That's what it is, you know. But anyway, uh, great start with him. That was like, I'm glad because here I am training with a guy who's a fighter. Yeah. And I mean, I mean that that's it, you know, right? We talk about me at a Renato Migliaccio. Yeah. He was a high Gracie black yeah. belt. Yeah. He's like, you know who he is? Oh, yeah, no, hey, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we talk about that, like, man, we can't lose that self-defense aspect, yeah. if you want to call it that, right? Yeah, but the yeah. fighting aspect, yeah. let's be real, you know, yeah. of of jiu-jitsu. Come on, you know? To and people ask, oh, is it, do you think it's, a, for sure, like, I love sports jiu-jitsu, yes. that's what it's about. Yeah. But you can never, like, forget, like, the roots of this. Yeah, you can't. And I'm blessed to have learned then when it, that's, yeah. okay, you notice, know nice, there was no, what is it, like, Four tournaments a year. Right, right. And you had to go hunt them things down. Yeah, yeah. That's how Sonny did those, thir- those uh, yeah, three years. Yeah, you, It was hard. You had was to go hard. hunt this stuff down. It wasn't like the pans wasn't even in the United. The well, first no, one, the, it was 96, I think. In the States, right? In the States, yeah. What? 95, 96. 96, I think, yeah. yeah. So, and how many people really knew about that? How was that advertised? The Brazilians wasn't taking out an ad in black no, belt pan. Like, word of mouth, right? Word, word of mouth, mouth, man. Exactly. And it was packed. It was full of people. Yeah kind of powerful and right it's crazy fight, like fight club everybody was a fighter back then yeah. everybody thought yeah. they wanted to fight yeah no for that. sure everybody thought they wanted I mean, to you know, fight. Like their early their year early world championships yes. right all those guys were fighters yeah they were fighting in pride there yes. were like legit yes fighter guys yes. i mean that's how everybody came up right that's all and so that's why i'm blessed yeah and my i was kind of like the, and my i mean i'm biased too because mm-hmm. i feel like that was like the golden era in a way yeah yeah, yeah. Of course, things evolve and things change, like just because of like the way the world the world works, right? Yes, and it's yes. Nothing, nobody's better than anybody else, no, you know. No. But uh, I, I do appreciate like that aspect of it, and I think if you teach Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, if you teach like you should never lose that yes. self defense aspect. Yes. Judo as well, yes. I think, right? Yes, and that's like you say, the sport of it's great for exposure for people. It gives more exposure, that right? Way. But like, you know, one thing I'm learning in life, it all has its pros and cons. There's no one perfect way to do anything. You know what I'm saying? If I get the benefit of this, I might lose some of this. That's mm. kind of how it goes. Yeah, so right, right. I put that on us as instructors. You know, like, I make my kids learn self-defense. Mm-hmm. You know, out of nowhere, I'll smack them in the face. <laughs> Say, hey, if you can think, if I'm going to hit you, yeah. you're always going to be controlling my hands, yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah. But the minute you stop thinking, oh, it's so cool, I can just do this lasso guard, it's cute, which I don't yeah. even teach that because I teach hardcore basics. But those hardcore basics translate when they have to fight somebody who knows that because they'll have a stronger base, Yeah, you know? and That's all good. I, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah, everything has to translate into if I got into a real fight because, unfortunately, some of my kids do get in real fights mm-hmm. with the kids I work with, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't promote fights, guys, okay? <laughs> yeah. But it's a reality yeah. of, you know, so, um, yeah, starting with Fabiano was, like, it was awesome. Yeah. It was what I was looking for at that time, you know, 17 years at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, what do you know? Like you said, 18, 
if we know what we know now about yeah. that. But I think every young crazy kid, yeah. once your mind's fixated on that, and like I said, back then we wanted to be tough. Yeah, that yeah. was like growing up in the 90s, man, you got to be tough. And yeah, this, yeah, yeah. what's tougher than this? That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, it was great. You know, the arm bar drill I do today is what he taught me. Mm-hmm. And I had to modify it because it's challenging for some people to do this old school arm bar drill where I'm so glad I learned that because trying to teach that seems impossible to most people. You know, I'll show it to you later, but I'm like, now we just do the one where we open our damn legs and spin around mm-hmm. where I wasn't taught that. I was taught put the foot on the hip, really turn it, clamp it like down. Like a kickoff arm bar. Yes. You know, Greg Jackson, like, because I, you know, I spent a lot of time with him. He had a kickoff arm bar okay. that he would always do. Yeah. It's probably a similar Probably similar the same thing. thing. It's just... It's like fighting. The guy goes to the punt. You kick off, boom, you get him. You lock it out. Yeah. And that's the whole, once again, it's about the fighting, right? So I'm like, I guess when you don't have that, you can teach the easier one where it's a little sloppier in my opinion. It's not as tight, you know. But anyway, man, that that was great. I pretty much learned majority of what I know today from those uh, two years of training with him. And really, within a matter of months, I kind of had it because – I had the wrestling background. And right then was when I learned where, oh, jujitsu is just where wrestling left off is how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we, I knew all the positioning. Yeah. I just didn't know any submissions. Right. That was foreign. And adding the guard, right? Yes. The whole guard thing where I had the base and like, okay, now I got to learn the guard thing. But there were so many similarities, and that's why I argue today about these things are more similarly related. And if you look at it like that and just look at when you go compete, like I, so my kids learn how to wrestle. Well, mostly they learn judo and jujitsu. Mm and a little bit of wrestling in there. But I tell them, we don't worry about the rules when we're training. I always tell the kid, I can teach you the rules two hours before you have a Mm -hmm. match because I want them to train. Mm -hmm. You can't openly train when you're so fixated on these rules that they don't matter in self-defense. They're more free-flowing. Exactly. It gives you a chance to develop who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, So I don't really like that. Everyone doesn't agree, but I'm like, look, I'm teaching you a complete system here. You know, so you can adapt it and you can, Mm -hmm. you go this way, you go that way, you know, whatever. This is your base. And I think that's the most important thing because when you notice sometimes kids, if if you get a kid to stay with you three, four years, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Doing a great job. Right. So, um, you got to give them that good base. Yeah. You know, and so because of the revolving door. We're talking about your, your things where you keep coming back to the kids, right? I know, I know. (laughs) It's It's okay. It's okay. Like, because that's what you're, that's where, that's where we're about, right? That's what we're about. I mean, that's that's our life, right? That's, that's our life. So, you know, it's, it's, it's it's, talking the same language. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes back to that. Like, it's like I said, Hey, I'm going to give you some of me, but it's really more about that. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, my legacy, like your school should be, um, those that I gave something to yeah, in my for life, sure. more so. That's how for I'm sure. going to be remembered. For if sure. there was kids talking about me the way I spoke to you about Coach Lake mm-hmm. and about what that did, and really I should speak more about Officer Crump, and I'm going to get into that about like some of the summer programs, the things I do now. Officer Crump he was, uh, he's was the guy. Who, he's the one responsible for me grappling. Period. Ah, uh, okay. He set he's up the, those programs the, in the well, schools. He's the one that started the wrestling program and. Mm. From that, I went from jujitsu to judo. So you you did judo in in that program as well? No, no. Okay, so we'll go to the judo and then we'll get to that. So later, fast forward, um, political Brazilian jujitsu. I found this thing called judo, and I'm like, oh wait, it's throws with the gi. Okay, because double legs, single legs are great, mm. but you notice just like I do. If someone has no wrestling experience, no judo experience, all they got to do is yank on that gi. 
and it throws off your wrestling style attack. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, there's got to be a way to um, improve this. So, boom. I was um, actually stationed up at Edwards Air Force Base at the time, and my first uh, judo club was Antelope Valley Judo Club. Started training there. And that's not there no more. To, um, unfortunately, the owner, he uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that club has not been the same since. Then from there, I went to San Fernando, and that became my home, San Fernando Judo Club, okay. which had been there for years. That's, like, actually one of the oldest judo clubs in L.A. or California. I think since, since Ron, 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 um, um, Ronald. Ronald, yeah. yeah, yeah Ronald, me and him, yeah. we strength. Yeah. I bring some old footage of me and him training together. We used to, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Ronald, man, Ronald, <sighs> talented guy, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he should have been in the Olympics. He Is that like an alternate, right? Yeah, man, he should have yeah. been in the Olympics. That guy. When I, searched, is, when I searched him, yeah. Man, he, yeah, you know, well, going from El Salvador to here and yeah, all that yeah, stuff, no, like, sure. it's difficult, but for sure. he could have been an Olympian. Oh, for sure. Here, possibly yeah. medal. Here, for sure. Easily, sure. man. The guy for was, sure. I remember I trained with this one guy from Portugal one time, and I'm like, they were about the same weight class. And I'm like, not impressed. I'm like, this, I'm destroying this guy. And I'm like, Ronald would cream this guy. And I'm like, they got to be in the same weight class, because Ronald, and Ronald's more solid now than what he used to be. Man, but it's crazy how much torque that guy can Ronald, like, create with his body. Listen, man, I've been this size for a while. I was actually a little bigger, and Ronald could throw me the same way I could throw him. And he threw me more than I could throw him. Yeah. And he's, I mean, Ronald, when I met him, let's say he was maybe 160. Yeah. Okay. Because he, he used to he used to compete at like, what, 140 or 150? Yeah. Like one, I want to say he was either a 66 kilogrammer. Possibly sixty, but I would I would say sixty six. Yeah. So that's like the third weight class, right? <sighs> Size didn't matter with Ronald, man. Yeah. Size didn't matter, and me and him training in the good days when you had leg grabs. Right, right, so right. Like, if it wasn't for leg grabs, that Thank was like God, one huh? of my true defenses. You know, he go in for his Uchimata tile toshi, and I can counter with a um, take a rumor on him. All right, let me stop speaking a Japanese term, so I could do a leg pick on the guy, right? <laughs> but that was what. Let me hang. Yeah. Because he was so yeah. devastating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So learned a lot from Cuban him. Cuban style. Yeah. Uh, judo. Yeah, it was great, man. And we, and in San Francisco. Because there's like some, you know, Brazilian, yes. like, there's different styles, right? Total different styles. And his style is definitely like a, like a hard oh, style. Just a, he had a great style, man. <laughs> he had a great style. Not too Japanese. Like one thing about judo, my gripe to this day is this American judo does not have its own identity, mm. which is unfortunate. If you look, Russian, mm. Russian judo was like the first national idea. They still call it Russian judo. Mm. The French, they have their own style. The Brazilians have their own style. Korean, mm. it's called Korean judo. Then the Japanese. Mm. All of them have their own way of doing it. And Mongolians. Mm. Those ones I just mentioned, those are the most dominating people in judo. The Mongolians, the Koreans, the Brazilians. The French too, huh? French. Yeah. Oh, yeah. French, the Russian. I mean, right now, I'd say France is probably number one, in my opinion. Mm. Then followed by the Mongolians. Then Japan, you know, they're always in the top five, yeah. you know. But um, Japan had to um, change you're at the a, if, you're, if you're at a top level, right, it's like it's a game of inches, right? It's, the exactly. difference between first and last place isn't that much. No, no. It's all relative. It's and all. that's why you got to have your style, mm-hmm. okay? You can't try and be like, oh, I'm going to try it this way. No, you got to figure what works for you, like in any other sport. You have to find that way that works for your training method. And sometimes you got to switch up, like your strength and conditioning coaches, but you got to find what works yeah. for you, you know? So that's kind of where we struggle in judo in America. We've been trying to, I would say, 
do Japanese style, mm. which even they've switched up some things, you know? So, yeah. But Ronald, man, dude. Trust me, you guys are lucky to have him. That guy. Yeah, is, for sure. I know that. Me and him had some. He'll tell sure. we had some fun times training together, man. Just when he teaches the kids, you know, it's a different thing yeah. when you have somebody that's done so many reps yes. show a breakfall than somebody just showing a breakfall. Yes. Like it echoes yeah. through your soul yeah. when a guy like that breakfalls. Because yeah. you're like, or he, he doesn't slam himself there, but he didn't slam himself. He's safe, but you just heard that echo from that slap on that mat. Yeah. And it just does it flawless where it's beautiful yeah. when you see it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's like, man. Yeah. And all his throws look the same way, that follow-through yeah. from that somersault when he does it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, man, now me and him had some great times. And, I mean, you know, now we're both a little older, but we can't train as hard. But a good thing, while we're we gotta, still We got to get you all you guys doing tack fit. I try yeah, to. Man. He's so busy with work and stuff, too. But got to get you guys doing yeah, tack no. fit, get your bodies healthy again, you know, healthier. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like he's got tape on every fingers and you know his fingertips will come off. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, his mean, elbows, you. Yeah. His, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, you know, man. every part of his body. And that's why I'm blessed. We're like I've trained with guys that train hard. You know him how hard he can train, and you can see yeah. what he's done. He didn't just get this knowledge from like pussyfooting around. This guy trained. You know what I'm saying? So having partners like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's my judo. How I came into that. Then I met this guy. Um, God rest his soul. He's my true sensei. Tony Raven, he passed away, um, I want to say, five or six years ago now, man. Tony Time, Raven. Yeah, he's the one who I got my judo black belt from. Okay. He's Because I, I was at AV, and I was at San Fernando, and I'm doing their way, and I'm like, I'm getting it, but this guy literally changed the way. Mm. Remember I was telling you, you got to do it your way? Mm. He let me do it my way, and mm. he gave me the true understanding. Like, he helped my Ashiwaza mm. big time. It just totally changed. I'm like, okay. I always say this. If you want to learn judo, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. Don't listen to me. I could be a moron, right? The sweeps, the foot technique, Ashiwaza, is what makes judo judo. Mm -hmm. Okay, I always say this. The grit and grind makes wrestling wrestling. The Ashiwaza makes judo judo. And then the flow makes BJJ BJJ. Mm. Those are, that's a good, I can take good way unique to... things from the three of them. You know, that's kind of what it is, you know? So once you learn the foot technique, you actually learn timing. Cause the timing, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, until then, you think it's just like wrestling where I can um, – wrestling has timing, but I can always just turn up the pace a little bit and finish it. Where in judo, you can't do that because, remember, if you land right, that's it. It's epon. Mm. Wrestling, I can get taken down multiple times. The fight doesn't end with a throw, okay? But in the art like judo where it does – that matters now because that one throw could be it, Yeah, you know? So that's where timing is so important in judo because of that, you know? Same thing jujitsu. oh, it doesn't matter how I fall and all that. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's a good thing too, though, because it teaches you something because, like, now let's translate that to a street encounter. Mm. How you land kind of does matter. Yeah. And you might only get that one shot. See the similarities? No, for sure. All those things matter, right? Every every piece. Every little bit. And it really is the same thing if you really look at it, right? Yeah. It's just movement and techniques, right? It's it's but it's all it's all one in a way. Exactly. Because take two There's pieces. I mean, look at Holes Gracie, right? Yes. He learned wrestling yeah, from oh, Bob Anderson and you know, Sambo and you know, you know, and added it to jujitsu. I just saw this interview with Bob Anderson on um YouTube and I don't know if you've seen it, but it was kind of cool because he has um, Holace Gracie's medal. 
on a Pan American ah, okay. um, Sambo. Sambo. And, and, he put, and I'm putting this out there just like he did. He wants to give the medal to his she, son. I should, I should talk to him. I should talk to him. Yeah, he wants to give the medal to the whole ace of son okay. because it's his dad's medal and he wants okay. to give that to him. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. Could you yeah. imagine that? He's had that all these years. Yeah, wow. And he wants to give that momentum to his son, yeah, which yeah. I think would be meaningful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's a medal that your dad oh, won. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, he's trying to, he's like, hey, please get in contact with him on that video. So I'm like, okay, cool. that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. But all those things, like, matter. Like, Bob Anderson's a great example. Him doing Sambo and wrestling and then learning with whole lace when he met him. It just shows you, man, it's all connected. Yeah. And it just makes you a better you. And that's why I say a lot of people, they get scared and it, judo and the problem why this is just my opinion is that they look at the highlight reel style throws thinking that's gonna beat them and i'm like trust me it takes a while to get a beautiful sail nagi or oh goshi where you throw someone when their legs land over their head you're not doing that the first couple of years okay you're not you're not doing that on a high level it's the same thing with any high level yeah it just you gotta learn the basics learn the low wrist throws so like when I teach judo, I teach what I call wazari judo rather than epon, because I think we focus too much on epon style judo, which is the Japanese mentality of I just got to sacrifice all for right, that. Right. Well, keep in mind, my kids train judo and jujitsu, mm. so we do both tournaments. So a wazari style throw, now they change the rules where two wazaris make epon again. So hey, it's nothing wrong with that. But I look at wazari style as accuracy. Mm. Okay, if I can actually get a takedown, that's what matters most. Mm. Now, if I happen to get the one where he falls directly on his back with speed and force, that's awesome. But in a realistic situation, what's more important, that I can take someone down or I struggle to, mm. you know? And in wrestling, I always look like this. I re Here we go, talking wrestling, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Judo and BJ Day does it wrong. And I don't, I'm not being asked I'm saying it like him. I, you can make a wrestler in three months. And the reason I say that, okay, if you go to high school, you're a ninth grader, right? Mm. How long is the wrestling season? Four months, three, three months. months. Yeah. Pretty much all high school sports is three months. Mm. After that three months, you're a wrestler. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You're a wrestler. Yeah. You've learned. You've gone through the season. You've gone through the season, and you should have a good understanding. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be the champ or nothing like that, but you know how to wrestle, and hopefully next year you should come back improve maybe during the summer you did some weightlifting you ran some track you did all these supplemental things to make you better because guys that stay let's say a guy that wrestles all four years he ain't trying to be worse he should be trying to go better he should right. be shooting right for that championship spot mm -hmm. and you do but if you just started all it took was that three months yeah. and that three months you True. learned everything you need True. to do we don't do that in judo and jujitsu unfortunately and I can, I always tell people, I can talk trash about them all because I did them all, okay? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. Not saying that none of them are horrible. I'm just saying, like, if I want, especially because we're talking self-defense, right? It shouldn't take me more than three months to teach someone how to defend themselves. That's how I feel. You know? If you train with me, the way I look at it. I mean, bottom line is you have to train, right? You yes. have to train. Yes. You have to train in a realistic matter, exactly. which wrestling does, which judo does, which jujitsu does, does, like the rondouring, right? Yes. yes. If you don't do that, like you're never going to really get that confidence to be able to hand yourself, handle yourself in a, yes. in a real situation. So even if, I mean, even if you don't do like self-defense things, mm -hmm. but even just that aspect of, okay, the guy gets me side control, the guy's on top of me yeah. and not freaking out yeah. right? and being able to continue breathing, I think can help you in any situation, right? 
So you said, all right, so I have three rules of fighting. All right. You said one of the words that triggered. So rule number one, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, you will get hit. Mm. Rule number three, fight back. Mm. That's all there is. I don't care. Forget styles. Was that Cobra Kai? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Cobra Kai that, that the three rules do. Yeah, I think there's a little more brutal. But yeah. <laughs> strike hard, strike yeah, fast. Strike hard, fast yeah. <laughs> no mercy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that'll sell too well with parents, right? But, <laughs> but right don't that's freak it. out, yeah, right? That's it, yeah. Don't that's panic. It. All yeah. right. So this is how they all tie into. Mm. You're gonna get hit. That's why that's rule number two. That's just and hit doesn't necessarily. We're not just talking striking. Someone going for a throw, going for a lock, that's a hit technically mm-hmm. in grappling world, right? So you can't freak out because they're attacking you, mm. basically. And then, okay, number three comes in. Let's say you did freak out. You are getting hit. Well, you only got one thing left. Fight back. Yeah. It yep. all ties into it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you, you have to. And so I've learned to teach that to these kids because if anything you learn, let those three things be it. Because... Everyone's not going to be technical is what I've kind of realized. I'm wasting my time if I think I'm going to make you the most technical. No, I'm yeah, not. Everybody has their own way. Yeah, no, I'm not. No one has that gift because it's up to the individual of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Their personality, yes. their background. Yes. But for sure, when I said those rules to my six-year-old daughter, she got them like right then and there. So like when we play fight and all that, she's like, yeah, rule number one. And it goes crazy. I'm like, oh, my God. She remembers it. You know? uh, how many kids do you have? I got two. That too. Two, two. One boy, one girl. Okay. Yeah. How old's your boy? Yeah. He will be 20. Oh, man. And we're, we're in March. Okay. Today's the fifth? Yeah. Or today's the sixth? Today's the fifth. In 11 days, he'll be 20. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It'll be 20 in 11 days, man. So, yeah. And then I got a six-year-old. Big old difference. But I'm glad it was that way because, you know, learned so much from that one than to this one. Mm. But my son, he's doing good. He's Great kid. I mean, was blessed to have a good kid. Didn't mm-hmm. really give me any headaches. I mean, all kids give you some form of headaches, but sure. yeah, he it's good. never uh, got arrested or nothing like that. So, you know, he didn't go through some of the things I went through, which we shall not talk about. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's good, man. It turned out better, and I couldn't um, want any more. How did you get into the police uh, police force? You, know what, man? you were in the military, right? I was in the military, yeah, yeah. You were so in the Marines? I was, no, no, no. I was in the Army, then I Army. went to the Air Force. So I um, did reserve in the Air Force. I just um, retired from that not too long ago. And um, you know what? Here's funny. I didn't grow up wanting to do any of that. Mm. kind of just happened, man. And I guess wrestling mm. is kind of what made that happen. It was just like, okay, I was a single dad for a long time. I wanted to be able to take care of my kid. Hey, at that time, they're hiring, starting. You know, all I had is a high school diploma. 54,000 or 55 or whatever, 52 to 55, whatever. With a high school diploma, that's good money in the early two thousand. Mm. So hey, I ain't had no criminal record or nothing. I met the qualifications, and it's one of the best things I did. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm serving the community now. I work in um, community relations. That's mm-hmm. how I work with the kids. Mm-hmm. And from working the street and all that, which is great. Mm. But this way, is I'm giving back in a different way than I've ever done before. You know, seeing like um, the kids that progress. Like, I got a couple of kids that won um, SJJF World Championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the USJ United States Judo Association mm-hmm. um, Winter Nationals. They've won those. We're about to send a kid to the USA Nationals for USA Judo. So the way Judo works uh, in all Olympic sports, that's what's called a national governing body. Jiu-Jitsu technically has a national governing body, 
but no one knows what it is. Right, right. I actually do because I'm a vice president on the board. Okay. Talk about that a little later. What are the, what, what is what's the government? So it's called the USJJO. USJJO. Oh. Okay. So the true international governing body is called the Jiu-Jitsu International Federation. They're hooked up with TIFA and all this place. Matter of fact, one thing they hmm. just did, there's something called the FISU. Now, I'm going to give the acronym, but it doesn't match in line. Because it's so confusing, you know. I mean, the, you know, since my background is so traditional in Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu, I mean, everybody, the, the official one is IBJJF, right? That's the most popular everyone knows. Right. And, and think about why they know. It's the most successful one, okay? It's an excellent-run business. Yeah. But it's a business. Mm -hmm. It's not a nonprofit. And right. to be a national governing body or international, you got to be nonprofit. Because for the Olympics, and this and, is. And many ahead. of the old school guys don't want to have it go to the Olympics. Yes. yes. So. Yes. Well, because for the Olympics, it comes down, you got to have a national championship. Basically, you pick a team. Mm. And that team can only be, if there's seven weight classes, mm. that's seven guys, seven girls, period. Yeah. IBJF. We got champions in black belt to yeah, white belt. For sure. So from a business model, the IBJF is much better. But from a, um, the prestige of Olympic, right. which the IGF, I mean, IBJF will never have, mm. you know, you'd have to align yourself right. with that, which is fine. Here's, here's Which is like the Abu Dhabi's trying to do, right? The so the Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi is linked with the JJIF. Okay. Okay. So here's what's funny. Abu, Abu Dhabi is actually under what's called the JJAU. Jiu-Jitsu Asian Union. Uh, okay. So, and the JJF headquarters is now in Abu Dhabi. So last year, the world championship for the JJF was in Abu Dhabi. Prior mm. to that, it was in um, Sweden. I went there to 2018. Oh, okay. Okay. And so in that Jiu-Jitsu Federation, they have three styles of Jiu-Jitsu. They have what's called three-part fighting. Mm. Nawaza, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. And this thing called Duo, which is just a demonstration. Kind of like what Hicks and Gracie's trying to do with his organization. Okay. Like Where, kind of like a kata kind of yes, a thing? Pretty, yeah. Two like a demonstration? Go, it's a demonstration. Mm. You, you choreograph it. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It yeah. works out. It's huge, man. When I first went to the World Championships in Paris in 2014, I didn't understand. Like, those Europeans were going crazy for it. Mm. You know, yeah, and it's I'm not like, even on most uh, jiu-jitsu people's yeah. radar. Oh, I'm like straight Traditional Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and I'm like, but it opened my eyes, mm. man. Yeah, there's and a lot I'm of people glad, doing yeah, it's like different ways of Different ways of jiu-jitsu, which I see the need for it mm. and it's good yeah it's good you know it's sure. not it's not everyone's cup of tea but a good thing they got the major three styles in one organization mm. and that's a beautiful thing it's really good because the good thing about it is it works just like how judo and wrestling were like if a kid's aligned with that they can eventually compete internationally and represent their country mm. which that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Technically, IBJF, no one really represents their country. Right, we represent right, our team. Right. 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 And um, nothing wrong with that. Right. That's great. But it's, let's say you like. It's not aligned with the Olympic, uh, yeah. Olympic kind of way. Yeah. Working with inner city kids, giving them that whole thing of, man, look, you could um, possibly represent your nation, go abroad. It's a little different appeal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It holds a little more um, prestige to yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, they're all great. I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I'm just glad that, um, man, jiu-jitsu is accessible to the world now. Right, right. It wasn't. <laughs> Back in the day. It was not like that. Hunted you know down uh, VHS tapes. Yeah, VHS tapes. And uh, you had to be a tough guy to do yeah. it. Otherwise, you know, you had yeah. to like that stuff. Now, yeah. I always say all the guys that would have quit the wrestling team in the first week, they can do jiu-jitsu now. Right. <laughs> that was 
not the case back then, you know. But it's good. Like I said, more people. And, like, you know, a lot of people talk a lot about, well, it's horrible. They're watering it down. Look, man, you can't grow something without it changing. And I'm not even going to use the term watering down because I think that's the wrong way to look at it. That's a negative way of looking at it in a sense. Mm. And that doesn't help people to make it better. All right? As things grow, yes, they mm. change. Yeah, It's like expanding a rubber band. Yeah. Well, it's this small, and then I'm, mm. it's going to change. But if it's still intact, it's still intact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look at the positive rather than the negative. And I think too many people have negative opinions. Mm-hmm. So had some great mentors growing up, middle yes. school and the, the police, uh, yeah. it was athletic, what's it called? Uh, then it was pal- called Jeopardy. Jeopardy? Yeah, it was called Jeopardy. But it's uh, uh, police. Activities uh, League. Act- act- yeah, Activities League, okay. Pal, yeah. right? Yeah, pal. pal. And, uh, That's and then, what I work with now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then and then you did judo, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, when you got into the military, yeah. right? got your black belt and had some great mentors there. And then you got into jiu-jitsu, well, early, early on. Yeah. But then you followed through and you told me your story, how you went, like, basically... From here, there, and then ended yeah. up getting your black belt in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I With, got it here, but from oh, from the GFT, yeah, from uh-huh. GFT. So C- like Caesar, huh? I um linked up with Master Julio back in 2011. So I went, I was um come on from overseas, and I went to Brazil for the mm. first time, finally, right? First time, I called while I'm over there, and uh, I get in touch with my boy Wagner, who's like my brother, man, great guy. So. I get there, me and my friend, um, my other buddy, from military, he's actually a fireman. Okay. And, um, he does some youth program stuff, too. Nice. But we get us an apartment in Copacabana. Oh, okay. Right? So we're like, oh, man, because me and him That's far, though, huh, from GFC? Yeah, from there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little distance. But, but you, you guys are living there. Know. You guys are living there. No, no, we just went there to visit. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. We went there to visit because gotcha. me and him were like, hey, man, we got to do this, blah, blah, blah. So we finally did nice. it. So Wagner became like my tour guide. He took me over to BTT where their school is. They had a uh, MMA fight there. And actually, you know, it's funny. Um, Grandmaster Oswaldo. Oh, my God. He's a Carlson Gracie black belt. It's not Paqueta. But he was the guy who's legendary in Brazil for filming all the MMA and jiu-jitsu fights. Uh, Paqueta. Paqueta is the guy to get the VHS tapes from. That's him, then. Yeah, that's him. I always mix him up with... Another one, Oswaldo, because you know it's kind of. He did in thing. like most of the jiu-jitsu tournaments. Yeah, he was a bodybuilder, Carlson. Right, Gracie, that, that was that's him. him. That's him. Yeah. yeah, saw him at that fight, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like I knew who that guy. I said, oh wow, you know. So yeah. you like it was kind of crazy just seeing these guys who were like legendary to us up here, and yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how you got a lot do. of your footage, right? Yeah, and people would copy those tapes of his. Yeah, yeah. That's he how you get them filming the pans and all that stuff. So I got to see that guy at an MMA event. It was like just. Very interesting seeing um, amateur MMA, I guess, mm-hmm. there. And it's, I don't know. It's so weird now. What do we call amateur MMA? Or is it still like this gray area? Because I know we got the camel thing here. Or like, is it amateur? Yeah, I don't you know, know. Like, like weird, uh, they right? keep changing. First yeah. you have rash guards, and then you had shin guards, then you don't. Then it's basically the same thing. And then in New Mexico, it's yeah. like it's like the same thing as professional. Uh-huh. It's just the amount of fi- fights, but it's all the, feel like it's all the same at this yeah, point, right? you know? Okay, so like I, I never know. did an amateur fight. I just went straight to pro. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. start building your record, right? Exactly, exactly. I feel like it's just a way for the promoters to make money. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they don't have to pay, pay the guys, you know? Exactly. It's probably the truth. So anyway, I'm seeing that. So I got to go train in my air and um, became friends with them. And he actually invited nice. me to be 
become GF team. Nice. And so I've been GF team since. Nice. And um, it cool. was all formed of friendship, great uh-huh. guys. It was like refreshing. How it should be, right? Yeah, man. It was just because, all right, back to jujitsu. So I got ended up getting my blue belt from Silverado Pimenta. He's John Jock's second okay. black belt ever. Okay. All right. That was like in 2000 or 99 or something. Yeah, because when we talked about this, yeah. that was like, I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. It was yeah. like a world world tour anyway. Yeah. Like, well, just to be all here, there, yeah. judo, military. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, and after that. Culminating like, to Brazil at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that, that's yeah. a good way to finish it off. Yeah, no. That was, and that was me. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm not going to get it from these guys here and all this. I'm going to yeah. go get it from somebody. I need to make that yeah. voyage over there myself. I wanted yeah. to do it years ago. I'm like, okay, I got the funds to do it. Now I'm going to do it. Nice. Yeah. And so, you know, hey. It, it just worked out the way it's supposed nice. to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I would have put up with more crap here, I could have got it earlier. But I guess, you know, fighter's mentality, I'm like, dude, I'm not paying you 150 and you treat me like crap a month. You know, so that's how I end up from BJJ getting heavy in the judo when I'm like, okay, I can still train the same thing. I got all my Nawaz and stuff. I got all, you know, arm bars, arm bar, chokes to choke. It's all how you train. It's like nowadays, and you know this, most MMA fighters, they only need blue belt level jujitsu, but they got to have wrestling. They got to have that kickboxing. They got to be well-rounded because you're not just going to win a fight solely on the ground. You're not going to win a fight right, solely right, on right. your feet. You got to be prepared like life. You got to be prepared for a multitude of situations. You can't just bank like back in the day, Joe Marrera going in there. Hey, I just got my jujitsu. All right, let's ready to rumble. I mean, awesome stuff, but <coughs> you know, it's, those it's an evolved, days, huh? I know, right? <laughs> you could hear the guys, jujitsu, jujitsu. Right. But like anything, things change. You know, it got Americanized, which sports-wise, even jujitsu today to me is very Americanized. And it's successful because it got Americanized, <clears throat> if you look at it. Like, they started really structuring the tournaments. You know, they looked at wrestling and other tournaments ran throughout the country and said, we need to be just like these <coughs> successful organizations yeah. that run tournaments. And it's great. Now, I mean, shoot, what is it, like 500 jujitsu schools probably in L.A. County or yeah, for sure, city? You for know, sure. so many, right? For sure. And that's because it's very – right now, jujitsu is the most organized martial art, in my opinion, all right, as far as you don't have all these bodies. Like I mentioned, the JJF, the SJJF, they're not really fighting against each other, in my opinion. You know, might okay, well, I'm better, but that's anybody. Your business is better than other jujitsu school down the street. You're supposed to feel that as a business owner. Sure. That's just natural, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But because they're organized with only, like, three major bodies here, things happen. Same thing, like, right now, judo, there's three main organizations for judo in this country. Really? Yeah, that, that's not necessarily a good thing. But three, huh? It's they like, kind of work together. They okay. have what's called American Judo Module. Okay. So okay. you have what's called the USJA, uh, United States Judo Association, Okay. the USJF, United States Judo Federation, then USJI, United, USA Judo is what it is. So okay. it's USA okay. Judo Inc. Okay. USJ, I'm sorry, <laughs> USA Judo is the NGB. So what NGB means, National Governing Body. If you want to go through the Olympics, you got to be a member there. You um, have to have their card to compete internationally mm-hmm. because they're the one that has the agreement with the um, IJF because your national body matters for that you got to have that card okay so you can do the international events and like right now with judo it's kind of unfortunate because um to earn points like for 2020 most of the guys who were competing they had to compete at like the grand slams in europe because those where you get the most points so it's 
And all those things cost so much money, oh, right? You got you got to have support. You got to have sponsors. If you're gonna go to a tournament in Germany, yeah. then England, then um, Georgia, right, right. Uh, Kazakhstan, all that stuff to I mean, qualify, right? Yeah, and it's, it's, to, it's, to it's, earn those points, right, right, right. Then the World Championship, yeah, it ain't cheap, and you know, that's why a lot of kids, honestly. To me, that do these Olympic sports, they should look into the military. They have what's called the World Class Athlete Program. Mm. And pretty much, if you're ranked like top in the nation and you qualify for that program, they sponsor you. They sponsor you. Ah, okay. They sponsor you to go. And mm. so that's another big reason why I'm really huge on the sports that are um, part of the NGBs for the US organizations. Because mm. with underprivileged kids, that's a realistic thing. Like this kid has been in my program since they're young and mm. they're really good. Let's say, they're competing on the national level. They've even done like international, like yeah. the Pan American Union, basically. Yeah. And it's like, look, you don't have a lot of money, but if you make the requirements where you can make the world class athlete program for the Army, the Air Force, and Marine Corps or something, that might not be a bad choice because yeah. then you go in there and your your job full time is just go out there, compete, get ready for the Olympics. Mm. You know, now I've made it realistic, opposed to the vagabundo way, yeah, where guys are just couch surfing right, in right, hopes right, right, that right. they're gonna make a name for themselves because. Right, I'm not for that just because being not having a lot of money when I was young, that's unrealistic as far as developing yourself. Sustainable, right? Yeah. And you can Could build really so be your best, yeah. You can build Especially so today and age. Yes. Especially with so many programs, so yeah. many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want kids developing horrible habits work ethic wise. Like, yeah, they're good at athletic I mean athletics. But that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, what happens when athletics is not the same for mm. you because you got injuries? Mm. You know, you can't only bank on sports, but mm. your mind, mm. you know, listen, I wish more kids would understand, look, school's important in a sense. I'm not going to say everybody has to be a brainiac, you know. I'm not one of those guys that believe you got to be a straight A, straight B student. I wasn't. I, didn't, I don't even hold my kids, but you do need to finish mm. because the completion is important. Yeah. I, I, completion is the most yeah, important for thing. Sure, for me you too. Know, one thing I was looking, they said, what, some of the richest people were like C average students and stuff like that, you know? Seeing the, seeing the thing through. Exactly. And that's Finishing all the project. Yes. Yeah. That's what the whole thing is. Because it can get boring, about. right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what that, it, that really is. What that's all it's Character about. building, yeah. right? It's not about being a world champion. It's about, look, I started this and I followed yeah. through. That's it. That's right? it. Right? And school's no different. That's it. Okay. But the importance of school, what I tell these kids is, look, let's say you got crappy teachers. I had crappy teachers. I didn't have all the best. I can name the good ones I had. But it's part of the game of life. Mm. It's not going to be exactly how you want it to be, mm -hmm. the way you want it to be. And that's part of the game. Yeah. Right? We got to find our way what works for us amongst all of that mm -hmm. adversity. For sure. Right? And so that's what the school does. And like, hey, if you go to college, great. So now what college does, college doesn't make you smart. I have a few degrees. It doesn't I'm not the smartest person. You can hear I'm messing up talking with you, all right? <laughs> That's part but of it. But what degrees did you have? You, did you? I have a bachelor's, and I actually have a master's degree. I don't know. I don't really master in anything, but, you know, that's what they call it, you know? Uh -huh. And I have an associate's degree. But um, What would you, you study? Um, so one was criminal justice and human service, and the other is homeland security and emergency management. Mm. And, you know, kind of along the line of what I do and yeah. some of what I did in service and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but for me it was more so okay, most parents tell their kids you gotta go complete a college degree, mm. and I was like I gotta complete a degree before my kid graduates high school. 
because how am I going to tell them, hey, you should do this, right. and I'm not doing it? Because right. the mistake, especially a lot of parents I deal with, their thing is this. Oh, go to college. You'll be smart. you make a lot of money. I hate when parents say that. I think we're kind of a little bit past that that era in a way. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just, just with te- that. technology, though, and stuff, you know? Well, the thing is, just it's that, so that, great. Well, that's the fact that you're going you're gonna to go to school so mm-hmm. you can get a job. Yes. I mean, it's like things are moving so fast today and age. Well, here's the thing. What the college degree does, in my opinion, I could be wrong, all right? Let's say there's four stacks. Mm-hmm. Non-high school graduates, high school graduate, college graduate uh, certificates, mm-hmm. okay? Like what you're saying with technology. Sometimes certificate could be more than that degree. Mm-hmm. But let's just say that if I got, I'm a non-graduate, I'm a high school graduate, mm-hmm. oh, trash, for now sure. I'm just looking for at sure. the stack of applicants. Because they show you, they show you like who you who you are as a person, right? Well, I didn't do what I needed to do to be competitive. It's like a guy who's gonna fight MMA. I'm not doing no jujitsu. Okay, I'm not doing no jujitsu. Okay. Yeah. 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 You decide to go to MMA. Yeah. You need to know how to strike, throw, yeah. and grapple. Yeah. You're just gonna take out two of the main parts. Okay, that's your choice. How competitive will you be able to be? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We got to look at it like. I mean, that. even if you become an entrepreneur, right? You gotta exactly. like, you gotta, you gotta grind. You gotta yes. get after it. You know. Yes. I mean, yes. okay, if you do MMA and you decide you don't want to do the grappling, you better make sure, damn sure that you're striking and your your brawl, your sprawling brawl is on point, right? And maybe you could be the one that do, does. Right, it, right, right. I don't know, but. I mean, he had like speaking, Anderson Silva's. I mean, he he got his ground game, and you know, he's a black belt. Yeah, though. yeah. You see what I'm saying? He and and that's later great. later on later on, he, and he evolved. Game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He and everybody has to. Everybody he evolved, has to. and that's the point. Like, yeah, you might not start off that way, but look at what you're doing. Yeah, try and find out as much about it. It's like my dad used to say. Look, if you're gonna be a janitor, you know, you might want to hang around janitors. Even yeah. that, and the people, and that's not listen. Janitor is a very honorable profession. I'm not talking yeah, crap for sure, about for that. Sure. Anybody goes out and says, look, I'm going to put up with this crap and I'm going to work. Dude, yeah. that's hard to do in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. All right? Especially when people think everything fast. You know, it's funny. Speaking of fast, even um, with the technology, like mm-hmm. you said, every kid thinks they're going to be a professional video gamer or some YouTuber. Right, right, right. That takes work, too. Same thing, yeah. Same like, thing. look what we're doing here. Yeah. If you're going to do this full time, Man, you might want to do six shows in one day. Mm. You got right? to do the work. You got to do some work. You can't you be like, work. Oh, I'm going to do this once a month. Let's let's get into your, your program. Yes. Your city program. Yes. So Since we've been talking about it the whole uh, time, yeah, but let's just yeah. get to it. Let's okay. talk all about it. So police activity leagues for what I do. Police activity league. Leagues. Yes. Leagues. Activity. It used to be called, started in New York a long time ago. I, I want to say 50s. No, before then. Because uh, Councilman Tom LaBonge always speaks about this one story. He says it better, so I'm going to jack it up. But this is his story. There's this kid in Louisville, Kentucky, mm. goes to the police station. His bike had got stolen, right? And the guy said, hey, I want to be able to beat this guy up. So the cop takes him down to the boxing gym, all right? So the kid, because he said, oh, you need to get tough. All right, fast forward. That kid was a kid named Cassius Clay. Enough said, right? Yep. So he, pal, is how he started with boxing. Okay. Now, now that's not my story. That's Miss 
city count ex city council member uh, Tom Labonja's story. All right, which is a great story. He tells it much better. You got to hear it from him. Mm-hmm. That was horrible the way I did it. But anyway, so community relation programs is what this is about. What it comes down to, and um, we need that community engagement. We really need, especially when um, people's attitudes are negative and things like that. It really helps. But the number one thing is for us for those kids. All right. I'm in the reality of this. I'm not going to change every life. All right. A lot of these kids have nothing, right? To, Some to of them have nothing. Some of this is all they have. I got parents that walk to the program. It's really beautiful when you see it. You know what I'm saying? I've um, made one black belt so far. Amazing. Yeah. Which has been one of my proudest moments. Congrats. Um, and I'm steadily growing. Like me and my partner, we're always over at the schools, the local schools recruiting. So where do you, where do you guys teach? Are so we, we teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, um, Karate, and Taekwondo. And I actually just um, changed the curriculum so everyone can learn how to strike, throw, and grapple. Mm-hmm. So like we kind of got like two separate schools in one in a sense, but okay. I'm trying to make it like. You guys are at the Parks and Rec? No. So that's a different program. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We have our own location. Okay. Where's that at? It's in Hollywood. All right. So we're right across the street from Popeye's Chicken. Popeye's Chicken. Yeah. We're right over across the street. How can they? How can people find you? uh, Well, they can come down. If you got a kid in the area, um, just come down to sixty-five and one Fountain, and that's where you could apply. Okay. And it's mostly kids who are local. Okay. Um, it's very affordable, (laughs) and we make it that way Mm because you know a lot of families don't have money. For sure. I'm not, but. The reason people have to pay something, one thing we learned is this. If you don't pay for something, there's no value to it. For sure, yeah. There's no value to it. So you give what you can, Mm -hmm. in a sense. But you know this. If you don't invest in something, you're going to have no value. Mm -hmm. So you got to invest in it, Mm -hmm. you know. So we have um, our karate program, which is more strike-based. Then we have our grappling. We're open five days a week, all right. So uh, the grappling days are Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And the striking days are Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And so since I became involved, I got them into competing jujitsu because they had never – we were doing just these open karate tournaments only, mm-hmm. which to me, I'm like, you know what? It's good. It's something. Did you do karate? I did when I was a kid. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, And so – but it's on a lower uh, – these tournaments are smaller. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay. like, these kids need to see jujitsu. But you get, but you get these kids out there, you know? yeah. Giving, giving them confidence, yeah. like, yeah, yeah I, I can't do Exactly. Imagine this. The terms we were going to were, no, I can't even compare it to that, to be honest. I was going to compare it to uh, some of the 90s small, oh, I guess I could, to some of the smaller competitions we used to have in the early 2000s mm. and the late 90s, where they were just like, what the, you know, just like, nothing I, I like I used to do, do grappling divisions in karate tournaments. Yes. Where yes. They, and there wasn't even a mat, there was a carpet. Yeah. We'd compete on a carpet. Right. Like a, like a padded carpet. Yeah, yeah. Some of those organizations still have it like that. <laughs> okay. Like, it's still out there. It's, it's good. still out there. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's better yeah. than nothing, right? Yeah, it's better sure. than nothing, right? So, but I'm like, no, what? All right, let me reach out to some people. Mm. And so, um, Jal Silva, you know Jal. Yeah. Yeah. For SJJF. He hooked it up where my kids um, could start going to his nice. tournaments. So, nice. we always do the world, we've been doing the world championships for two or three years now with his. Nice. Uh, do you know, um, Ramel Dunbar, he has yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we were doing his. He's on the Inland Empire, yeah, right? Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. So he does the Kids Worlds. Mm-hmm. That was the first uh, jiu-jitsu tournament my kids went to. Ah, okay. And um, we would have went back, but I think he didn't have us like one year. 
And so I was like, oh, what's going on? So I ended up hooking up with uh, Giles thing. Okay, okay. And so we've been doing that. We hooked up with uh, USA Judo and USJA. So nice. we started doing the Winter nice. Nationals. And nice. uh, last year our kids did the Junior Olympics with them. Amazing. Yeah. So I got them to more higher level tournaments. We're about to get ready for the Youth Nationals. It's going to nice. be in Utah. We're sending a couple of kids there. Nice. So we uh, fundraise and budget it. Nice. So what are the age, age groups? So we do from 6 to like 18. Okay. Well, 6 to 17, but then I have another program where um, the kids are a little older because they're in a college program okay. called POP that we have. Okay. And since they're part of that, they're able to still train. Okay. So I started a collegiate-style program over there at that facility. And nice. I have a guy that... I gotta go um, visit you out there. Yeah, man. You gotta. Hey, yeah, I love for you to come in. Yeah, for sure. I've had Master Julio come in, so he's cool. Taught the kids a couple nice, times. Nice, nice. So big honor. Yeah, exposed, for sure. Man. Yeah, you gotta come down. Dude, for sure. You'll, I have my friend um, Paul Schoen. I don't know if you know. He was one of Cobrinha's. Um, well, actually, he was a Hollywood beach today, but he trains with Cobrinha now. Okay, he's a black belt. He's come by. Nice, nice. So a lot of people's come by, and they're um, nice. They kind of like what they see. Nice, you know. Yeah, it is what it you guys, is, are, what you it guys is. are helping people. You know, oh, man, it's, it's trying to make a make a difference, right? Just exposing these kids yeah, to that to for the sure. possibility. Like, for example, with judo, San Jose State has one of the top judo programs mm. in the nation. Mm. So there's an organization called the National Collegiate Judo Association, and that association is the uh, it's like the NCAA for judo. Basically, mm. one thing I learned about colleges, there's more than just the NCAA. They have all, like, there's a CCAA, the California Collegiate Athletic Association. There's so many. I can't even. even, uh, It's crazy. It's so many. I'm like, dang. Politics, huh? Yeah, you always think just NCAA, right? Right, right, right. No, there's a bunch of them, Uh, uh, you know? So, well, that's it. And so what they do, back to what I was trying to say earlier about the um, University International Sports Federation. That's Uh, what it's called. But it's called FISU. Okay. But it stands for University International Sports Federation. Yeah, right. And um, so generally with the NCJA, you have a regional tournament based mm. upon where your region is. Then you have the national, which this year is going to be at San Jose. Okay. From there, once you, if you, uh, if you like win that, mm. you're eligible for that international world games. I mean, not the world games, but international university okay. games, right? Okay. Which the JJF, I was just trying to tell you, they are now under that as of last week. The uh, FISU, their jujitsu now falls under that. So in upcoming years, jujitsu nice. will be part of the university nice. games. Nice, nice, Which nice. is why I try to teach cool. people. Okay, look, we need to support. Do you guys JJF. ever do sambo sambo tournaments? We have, you know, man, it's hard to find sambo tournaments. Right, there's less and less, right? Yeah, I remember at one point they had some. Now, yeah. and I think sambo's great. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. sambo's like one of them. They mix it well, but unfortunately. It's just not yeah. as accessible. So, like you, I gotta stay what's accessible for sure. For yeah, sure. So, judo and jiu-jitsu are very accessible. Yeah. So, okay. So, parks. Your parks and rec so is right a different now, program. Different program. USA Judo uh, got it, and this all goes back to the whole 2028 thing. Mm. All right, homegrown Olympians. In 2028, in judo, we get a full team, and I think it's for most of the sports. Mm. When you host the Olympic Games your organization, you get to have a full team mm. because you're the host nation. Mm. So because of that, they really decided to invest into uh, USA Judo because it's a national government body. So they started a deal with the Parks and Recs, LA Parks and Recs. Mm. So we started two sessions ago. We're on session number three now we're going on where we had four school, four parks. Now we just added additional six parks. And so the goal is to have 
every park and rec, you know, hopefully that can, um, if they have an area where we can have mats and all yeah, that, yeah, they have yeah. a program. Amazing. Yeah. And so to get, we're looking for volunteers, guys. You know, so, we have, uh, we have Chess, Chess, Chess off. We call him Chess. Okay. Uh, uh, Ariola. Okay. He, uh, I think he's at the, I forgot the name of the, the Echo Park, and there's another one. Oh, okay. Where he's cool. at, Lincoln, Lincoln Heights area. Oh, nice. Um, and he's, man, he's doing amazing work. He has nice. some of the, a lot of the kids like competing in different places. Nice. So I got to put you guys in touch yeah, no, for put sure. Us in touch because, you know, yeah. I can help make him a coach. And then yeah. he can, because to me, look, they was this part of judo. For sure. And this is, this is low level grassroots. He's so, from, he's, he grew up in Lincoln Heights. Oh, nice. You know, a kid without any nice. like opportunities. He was like, I wish I did a podcast actually with him oh, too. Nice. I got to listen to it. Because he's super inspirational for me. I've known him now for 10 years. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, man, he's been taking the bus, you know, yeah. most of those years yeah. just to make it happen. Yeah. So it's like much harder than. Oh. Hey, man, I feel for him. I used to ride the bus when it was called RTD. RTD? <laughs> <laughs> Rough, tough, and dangerous. You know, now it's MTA, but you say RTD. And but you know, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, man, he's doing great work for the, for the kids. I've gone out to his, nice. his recreation center just because I really believe well, We got to go out together one day so I can check it out. Cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Good. Go out together. Let's, Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. And put you guys in touch too, but yeah, uh, yeah it's a beautiful thing. I, I love, I love all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, and so let's let me see if I can uh, do something to help you guys out, help hey, you out. Hey, we'll, we'll appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hey, we we can't be too choosy, but as long as it's quality people like yourself, that helps. And um, you know, you be an inspiration to the kids to see, oh wow, I can do this. You're an entrepreneur, you know, helping share that story. Yeah. Like, why did you become an entrepreneur? The kids mm -hmm. need to hear stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. We um, matter of fact, I should put you. We have this career day thing coming up, and you probably be a great speaker, bro. Let me know. Yeah, we do a lot of part things of outside of that. I know we spoke mostly on the martial arts mm -hmm, side, mm -hmm. but it's more to it than that. It's a whole lot more. Like I said, that's just a tool. You know, we have them involved in these. There's an art program called Bridging the Gap where they're painting murals all across the city. A lot of our kids are involved in that. Oh, amazing. Um, there's one thing I work with called Powell's Boys Camp where. Kids either go in the summertime for free, mm. two weeks, mm. no technology out in the wilderness in the Sequoia National Forest. Ah. Yeah. They've nice. been um, molding young boys to men since like nice. 1942 or something like nice. that. So we get them. It's a whole package deal. Nice. This is just one tool yeah. to help, you know, that one kid who really needs it to change them because that kid might be the next president. He might be yeah. the next mayor. You know what I'm saying? He might be something. I mean, my, my tool has always been like jujitsu, martial arts, yes. right? And yes. of course now tack for two. Yeah, man. But uh, but uh, it's amazing all the work yeah. that you're doing through yeah. that because hey. I understand that, you know, and what it can do for people. It's just it can change them forever. It, you, trust me. Yours is just as important. Yeah. You know, like um, I sent one of my girls. One day you guys had the uh, Girls and Gee event here. Mm. And one of my kids from my program came. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah she, yeah, she came to it, man. Good, so good. trust me, you don't know it, but even just having stuff like that, you didn't even know it was connected like yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, well, I heard about it. It was here. I was like, yeah, I know that place. Nice. Hey, we'll uh, sponsor you to go. Nice. You know, good. so people like yourself who are entrepreneurs that have the stuff, you're the ones helping create the opportunities I'm finding for these kids to go to. Yeah. So uh, to me, it all works together. For sure. You know? Community, right? Yeah, man. All works together. We good all, deal. we all affected. So yeah, man. How can people find you? Um, you can look us up on um, HollywoodPal.org on Instagram. That's the easiest on Instagram. way. Instagram. Yeah, uh, HollywoodPal? Yeah, HollywoodPal. Yeah, that's the easiest way. And, yeah, man, you go from there. Man, so, great, great. Yeah. Thanks for your time. No, thanks for you inviting great. me, man. Yeah, great to talk Good. to you, and, yeah. and I'll be seeing you around for sure. For sure I'll be looking forward to supporting you. Yeah, man. Yeah, love it. Keep it up. Good. All right. Let's...